0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
2: Terms and
3: conditions apply. Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN.
4: It is our number two of the Lombardi Line presented by MGM. Big hour for us on deck with Michael Lombardi. I'm Ben Wilson. Patrick Maher back on the show tomorrow. Harry Gagden of the Against All Odds podcast stops by our show in a half an hour. It's that playoff clinching scenario time, Michael. So I'm going to, you know, stretch, stretch myself out. Take a deep breath. Get ready to rattle through all these because there's a lot to uh, to try and sort through before week 17. We'll start in the AFC, which leads us into the game of the week, and some people are saying game of the year with uh, with Buffalo yeah, play, taking on. Well, Cincinnati. We're going to see
5: it again. Good chance. This good chance. This is going to be Fraser Ali. You know, there's going to be a rematch. I mean, you know, and it might be in a different field, but because uh, this is going to be a good game. I mean, both teams are playing. Now, I don't know if the Bills are playing well. That was surprised they covered last week, actually, but Cincinnati you know, kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit against New England, but they're right there. This is two, to me, this is two of the top teams in the league, two of my top team codes in the league. You know, I have this as a, you know, I have this as a very close game, Buffalo being um, a point a point favorite on my ra- rankings because Buffalo's slightly higher than Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's really good defensively. I think Lou Amaromo's done a great job, and Reeder mm-hmm. being back really has helped them. So, uh, you know, I think this will be a fun game to watch. I don't know why they just didn't put this in the four, in the 8 o'clock window.
4: I guess CBS wants it for themselves. Well, because it's Monday night, I, I don't. ESPN having oh, that's that locked right. up, that's right. Right. they're yeah. not allowed to move that. So that will be the Monday night game, eight fifteen Eastern. And the thing that's probably not getting talked about enough, Michael, it's the fact that everybody wants to focus on the AFC North as it relates to Cincinnati and, and that race with Baltimore right now. Cincinnati right now, would, would even though they have the game lead over Baltimore, Ravens did beat the Bengals in the first meeting this year. That's the Week 18 matchup in Cincinnati, Baltimore, and the Bengals. But the number one seed is still in play for Cincy. As we look yeah. at the clinching scenarios here, Buffalo at 12-3 and three has the timebreaker over Kansas City also at 12-3 and three because they beat the Chiefs earlier. So all they need to do, they would clinch any sort of win and chief loss. And even if each team wins out, <laughs> Buffalo would still get that number one seed. But where it gets interesting is if Cincinnati is able to win, and it's a pretty much a coin flip game, Buffalo, most spots in the market, one to one and a half point favorites, Cincinnati at 12-4, and four. let's say the Chiefs lose one of their last two games, it would be a situation where the Bengals have the tiebreaker over both the Bills and the Chiefs. I don't think anybody would have thought you know, six, seven weeks ago we'd, we'd even be in this position where you could possibly see Cincy having the one seed and the playoffs going through the Queen City. That's kind of a wild thing to think about, and it's definitely a possibility, right?
5: Yeah, I, but I don't think it. I mean, Kansas City has as Denver this week. And then they go out and play Las Vegas. And and by the time they get to Las Vegas, I mean Las Vegas is probably gonna be playing a bunch of different players and that's fair. kind of focusing on next season. So I, I I can't imagine that Vegas would I mean that game's you know, I mean, would isn't it would it be better for Vegas to have a higher draft pick than to try to beat the Chiefs? I know they're gonna to try to beat the Chiefs, but the to me that's what so I can't imagine that Cincy can catch Kansas City. I think if you're Buffalo, you're really nervous about You got to you got to stay even with Kansas City to have everybody come to you because if you don't, Kansas City could capture you. Kansas City could capture you, and you know if you if Buffalo loses this week and goes to 12 and four and Kansas City's 13 and three, you know then they're out. Then Buffalo's going to be the two seed playing you know either Miami, New York, or New England, or or the Jets, or one of those, or maybe even Pittsburgh. You know, Cincy to me going into the Monday night game, I think they clinch, Ben. If they if Baltimore loses to Pittsburgh, if Baltimore right. loses to Pittsburgh, I think they, they clinch and locks them into the three seed, right? And could they get to the two seed? Well, Kansas City, again, would have to lose. Would you rather be the three seed and play Baltimore or Chargers? I don't know.
4: Right. It, it, what, what becomes interesting, too, let's just extrapolate this out to... Because like, Week 18 right now, Kansas City is a look-ahead 8.5-point uh, favorite against the Raiders, so you're spot-on. That is going to be, and I would think that line, especially if it's a game that Kansas City uh, has to win to consolidate the number-one seed, let's say if Cincinnati wins, that line goes even higher. Here's the look-ahead line I'm kind of interested in. So if you think... Buff- like Regardless of what happens with Buffalo, like if you think Buffalo wins this week... Because if they win this week, then they will have to win next week to consolidate that number one seed. Look at line right now. is Buffalo minus 10 against New England in week 18. So if you're of the belief that Buffalo wins this week and New England beats Miami, again, on the back of quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater, wouldn't it make sense uh, to, to look at the uh, – or actually, really, regardless of the New England output, wouldn't it kind of make sense to look at taking the, the points for New England uh, if – sorry, if you were a believer that Cincinnati were to win this week? Because let's say Cincinnati wins – now Buffalo's really got nothing to play for Week 18. They lose that number one right. spot to Kansas City and would pretty much be set into the three seed. So that's, uh, that's that, kind of the thing at play here. Wouldn't it make sense to maybe look at the Patriots here on a look-ahead spot catching 10, where if Cincinnati beats Buffalo, that Bills Week 18 game probably ends up turning into a bunch of backups, Right.
5: You would think it would. I mean, it would mean nothing for Buffalo. I mean, if Buffalo, if Buffalo and Kansas City are tied going into the last week of the year, and you know Kansas City's playing, you know Kansas City's going to play at four, and Buffalo's going to play at one, right? Okay, so you know, I mean, if Buffalo loses that game, Kansas City then Kansas City takes their foot off the gas, right? Right. Well,
4: right? And that's part they of the thing. The, 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 what's interesting yeah, that, too about Week 18, the times are still not determined because the NFL wants to make sure teams don't do that. So we well, I would we think they'll put Buffalo seeing,
5: uh, New England. Yeah, they're yeah. they're going to put that game hand in hand at the four o'clock. So that yeah. you have to kind of balance that. But you're right though. If Buffalo loses that game against Cincinnati, do they do they even try against New England, knowing that Kansas City's probably going to win? I, I would think they would be more inclined to stay healthy because they've got some injuries creeped up on their team that they got to take care of. And knowing you're going to play the next week, you you can't really. Are you better off? Can you? You're calculating: Is Kansas City going to lose? I would rather have health. You know, two playing seven. If you're the best, if you're, you got to get Miami to go to Buffalo, or if you got to get the Jets to come back to Buffalo. Those those aren't easy things to do. Or even New England to have to repeat come back to Buffalo. I mean, you, you they barely New England barely can make them punt, let alone beat them.
4: <laughs> yeah, I know that's the thing. Again, worth repeating once more because you know, again, with all the scenarios, it's easy to get these sort of you know flipped around and uh, and twisted. But Again, if you're a believer that Cincinnati is going to beat Buffalo and that's a separate handicap in and of itself, but if that's your belief for Monday night, it's probably worth a look at New England on a look ahead line plus the 10 right now for week 18 since Buffalo would fall in that situation to the three seed and would have, there would be no movement whatsoever. Buffalo would be locked into the three seed uh, heading into week 18, at least as far as the matchup itself, Michael, it, it is fascinating because it's a Buffalo team that has dealt with injuries, but still fifth in overall defensive efficiency the last five weeks against a Bengal offense that has been top five essentially over the last half of the season with their incredible run, having, having won the eight of 10 games. How do you expect that matchup specifically to play out if we're just looking at Cincy offense versus Buffalo defense?
5: Well, I think Buffalo will throw the ball. I mean, look, the Jets moved the ball on them. I mean, the Jets with Mike White, he was coming in out of the game. They were they were making plays on them, and, and we saw that. And Miami was making plays on them. We saw that. I mean, they're vulnerable. I don't think Buffalo's – you know, they're still a strong team and a great team, but there's some vulnerability within Buffalo, especially when you go back over the last three weeks, you know, and you see them. I mean, you know, they got a 13 – what are they? They're down by 10 in the – they gave up 13 points in the third quarter against Miami. You know, and then the weather turned a little bit and they got the ball and they kind of got going. I mean, Allen still – even in Chicago game, he turned the ball over again. He turned it over three times in the Chicago game. You know, so I think to me, you know, Tua threw for – four. they threw for 217. They ran for 188. I mean, this will really – this will be a taxing game for them, I think. Now, you know, they, they handled Chicago, but Chicago – that offense to Chicago is different than every other offense. I mean, Detroit, right. go back to that Detroit game. Detroit threw the ball effectively. I mean, here's what you have to do this time of the year is stop looking at the whole landscape of the schedule and look at the good offenses that have faced Buffalo, right? Miami's a good offense. They put 405 point, yards on. Detroit's a really good offense. They put 326. I mean, even Cleveland in that game, they put they threw for 316, right? Uh, And so, you know, so I think there's some vulnerability within this.
4: Yeah, it it also profiles again. uh, Now that we're down, especially to one, uh, now pretty much Marco wide MGM one of the only books sitting at one and a half, could also be a teaser spot where you look to back a short home underdog with an elite offense, keeping the game within a number of seven to uh, to seven and a half. Uh, Speaking of these look-ahead lines for week 18, you know, normally on Wednesdays, you see, Michael, the board lighting up all over the place on the current week's lines. But this is such a unique stretch of the season where I'm looking at my odd screen right now and I'm seeing numbers light up all over the place for week 18. One of those is Kansas City. Actually, one book here in town where I'm at in, in Nevada, and I'll see if the rest of the market, the rest of the country eventually does this. But Kansas City just popped from 8.5 up to 10. And I know there's some rumors going around that, uh, that it might not be Derek Carr at quarterback here the final two weeks for Las Vegas, uh, is it, as it potentially could be Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. I wonder if that move, Michael, is is kind of people hearing some tea I think, leaves here.
5: I, I think there must be something going on within that building that they – look, let's be clear here. You know, I mean, if people say they can't bench Carr, well, then you haven't watched very many Raider games. I mean, if they bench Carr, it's going to be because the guy is at an all-time low. I mean, just going back to his rookie year in terms of percentage of completion. I mean, he's at 60%. I mean, you watch the Raider games. I mean, how many times is – I mean – The last week against Pittsburgh, I mean, he's got third and five, most critical play of the game. He's got Waller open on an in-cut. He throws him out of bounds to Mike Tomlin. I mean, how about against the Rams? They're in this game at the end of the half. They're dominating the game. He's got Devontae Adams wide open. He throws the ball. I mean, just here, put this in perspective. Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers last year in percent of catches and targets was at 72%. Ridiculous number. This year with Carr, he's at 55%. 55%. 55 percent. I mean Carr's down to 7.0 per average and nobody really ever talks about Carr's win percentage. He's 63.79 as a starting quarterback. like Carr has this perception that he's won a lot of he's had two winning seasons in his in his Las Vegas career two. That's all he's had mm-hmm. and, it, and and this year for whatever reason and I don't know what it is maybe it's the coaching, maybe it's the offense. I don't know. But Carr can't comp- is not accurate with the football this year.
4: Completion percentage over expectation. I looked at these numbers yesterday. Only Davis Mills and Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield are worse than Derek Carr this year. That's a, that's a pretty alarming sight. And we, that that yeah. says
5: it all right there.
4: We, and we have to hit this that next segment. That says it all right there. Uh, to, I think this is happening, Michael. I'm seeing numbers right now. San Francisco has just gone to nine in a lot of the market up from yeah. six. So we'll discuss this well, more next it. segment. I think Carr is going to be benched there in Las Vegas.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahey Azadi.
2: terms and conditions apply.
5: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on Vsin, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now
3: once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Back on the Lombardi Line where our breaking news in the betting market this hour. It's in Las Vegas where I'm at here at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Michael, sounds like this thing has gotten out. Derek Carr set to be benched this week in favor of Jarrett Stidham at the quarterback position. Market has gone entirely from six, which was that placeholder number for San Francisco, laying it in Las Vegas this week. Looking at my screen right now, to nine everywhere. A couple of places offshore, in fact, are getting as high as nine and a half or ten. And so something that has clearly gotten out, we expect this right to become official now later today.
5: You would think so. I mean, obviously, Josh McDaniels talked about it, and I think this is a lot to do with the guarantees on the record going into next season, right? So Carr's got, I think, 30 or $40 million of guaranteed money uh, that he has to be healthy in the third day of the league year. So if your season's over, you know, you haven't played well. You've had a lot of chances to win games, but you haven't. Uh, you know, I think that – and all this I, – I don't want to make this sound – obviously my son's the coach there. Mm-hmm. This is not all on Carr. Carr's not playing to the level that I think anybody expected him to. Last year I had him in my top ten quarterbacks. He's far from that. His accuracy this year, his ball placement has not been great. And maybe that's because of the offense and they're asking him to do way too much. And, but he has not played to the level that, that a $40 million quarterback needs to play, especially when the games are on the line. I mean, you could go through them all. Start at start at the first game of the year and work your way back. It's you know, it's, it hasn't you know. Everybody says I was did Fox Radio with the great Rob Parker yesterday. Of course, he wants to get Josh McDaniels fired. You know, and I'm like, well, have you watched any of the games? Have you watched the tape? I mean, you throw the ball when you throw the ball in the dirt and the guy's wide open, or you don't throw the ball to the guy who's the number one read. Like, whose fault is that?
4: Man, and look at the schedule too. Just thinking about all the games that were there for the for the for the Raiders to you win. You could make a tape. Uh. You
5: you could make a tape of if if he makes five or six plays, eight or nine plays. Let's say you could, the Raiders are, would be a play. Not that they're any good, and I don't want to say this because they're not. But when the player they're counting on the most to make the most plays doesn't, then you're not going to win you can it's easy to blame mcdaniels everybody loves twitter loves to kill josh because of denver you know like that like he's had no success coaching an offense like he wouldn't know what a good offense was that that was all tom brady that won in new england right that brady didn't even need a coach he just went out there and did everything right that's that's people's mentality meanwhile we watch brady with with this offense and all of a sudden wait a minute, brady's not well he's just old no no brady's not old i mean i know he's 45 but he don't look old now, he don't look very good, but he don't look old. I mean, you can't say it's Peyton Manning at the end of his <laughs> career. Right. Right? Exactly. You can't say that. You can't say it's Russell Wilson at the end of his career. You could say he's not playing well. But so to me, you know, you've got to figure out why you win and why you lose. And the Raiders are not talented enough, there's no doubt. But they did not get the level of play this year from their quarterback that I think they anticipated, or at least they'd hoped they'd get. And as the game got bigger, he's made less plays. The fact that he's had, you know, his record is 63-79 as a starter is an indication that maybe something's wrong. You say, well, the team's not good around him. Okay. Great quarterbacks make the team around them great. That's what just what happens. That's what happens. Okay? It just happens that way. When you have an elite player at the position, everybody else becomes better.
4: Yeah. And you would have thought, too, do you think about what the Raiders did in the offseason? When Derek Hart led the NFL – in passer rating when, when targeting over the middle, in between the seams last year. And you add the, but he struggled on throws to the outside. Raiders had one of the top five wide receivers in the league on an outside position in Devontae Adams. I get that, obviously, Darren Waller was injured at a main tight end for the Raiders, but that, that was the part of it that's been so shocking to me that he falls from top 10 in a lot of advanced metrics to 30th in the completion percentage over expectation. And now it's a $33 million salary for next year, seven and a half uh, in, in 2024, those are the numbers that you were mentioning, Michael. Those become guaranteed already if he were to get hurt in the final couple of games. So you can totally understand where the Raiders are coming from here. You now ask yourself with a lineup to nine, what's, are you thinking San Francisco is still uh, playing everybody? I mean, there are some motivational factors there. They're not entirely locked yeah. into a seed. But you also get the sense San Francisco's pretty confident in this point. Whatever their seating is, it's likely not going to be the one. Uh, that they, they feel fine with where they're at. That, that's the only hesitation I would have laying now just a huge number if you missed any of these other moves once it was at six. Yeah,
5: I, I think why would you play Nick Bosa in the next two weeks? Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you play Armstead? Like, why would you play some of these elite defense? That, that, they're the guys that carry you, right? They're the guys that carry you. You know, I mean, Purdy needs reps, there's no doubt. But, you know, you can't risk getting him hurt either. You know, in San Francisco, I mean, are they going to improve their lot in the NFC? You know, we know they're going to probably be the three seed. Could You know, can they catch it? I don't know, right? You know, I mean, so to me, why would you rush back Debo? Would you? Are you still going to play McCaffrey a lot of plays? Wouldn't you want to cut him back a little bit? I mean, look, you can't sit everybody. That's the reality, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you can't sit everybody. But at some point, if you're San Francisco and you're Kyle Shanahan and you've got the Raiders and Arizona, two teams you should beat, with even with some of your backups, you should be able to beat them.
4: Right. And you look at it now, San Francisco, yes, yeah, so with a win and, let's say, Minnesota, that's the other thing to keep in mind here. You have Minnesota, who and they're only a game back in Philadelphia now, all of a sudden for the one seed have a tough divisional game against Green Bay this week. Packers, as I'm updating my odd screen right now, Packers have moved market wide to a three and a half point favorite up from the threes that were that were there pretty much everywhere yesterday. Yeah. That's the thing. Like San Francisco, if if you get a win this week, you're at least able to win the game against Jarrett Stidham on the road as a huge favorite, and Minnesota loses, then you probably feel like you feel comfortable. You're in that two seed. You can against Arizona. You just try to get through that game uh, next week, whether you're the two or the three. I don't know that that really matters for San Francisco. I, I just wonder uh, you're, you're I, trying to kind of also I handicap Does the. Does it matter game if too? you're
5: playing? Would you rather play the Giants or would you rather play Washington again? I mean, you're not going to play Philly, right? You're not going to play Dallas, and you're not going right. to play the South. So, you're, uh, would you rather play Seattle? Would you rather play Detroit? Would you rather, like? I don't think it matters for San Francisco. I think. The only thing that matters for San Francisco is the health of their star player, their elite players. You know, they can't they can't afford to lose all those skill guys. They Kittle's got to stay healthy. You know, Debo's got to be healthy. McCaffrey's got to be healthy because they're Ayuk's got to be. Those are yards after the catch guys that make Purdy better, right? They make Purdy better. So I, I think to me, get in the game, get going. But like that front, that defensive front now. I mean, there's no way I'm playing Armstead or Bosa. There's just no way. I mean, maybe you're playing Kinlaw because he's missed so much Mm -hmm. of the season. But the strength of the team to me is those that defensive front. I mean, we gotta get Kinlaw healthy. We gotta have Armstead. We gotta have Bosa. So, you know, we'll play, you know, we'll play Drake Jackson. We'll play Jordan Willis. We'll play T. Y. McGill, you know, Akeem Spence. They'll play out they'll play good too. I gotta keep Warner healthy, right? I mean, I got to keep Greenlaw healthy. I got to keep Ashir healthy. I mean, those are guys I got to keep. I got to keep Hufanga healthy, right? I mean, he's a huge yeah. part of it, right? I mean, so to me, there's like seven or eight. Guys. I can't keep everybody. I can't not play everybody, but I'm keeping the guys I got to keep healthy.
4: And think about the market, too, where, where the number would be in San Francisco against the Giants. They were just six and a half, seven point favorites against the Commanders. You would think they're about that same number against the Giants, probably the same around the same number against Seattle. You're going to be a healthy oh, favorite. The Giants. I mean there's and, no I mean, way they
5: I mean, there's no way the Giants first of all, the Giants have to run the ball and it's almost impossible to exactly. run the ball on on San Francisco. And so they're put it, they're, now we're into D- Daniel Jones sixty pass, fifty pass gate. There's just no way. And yeah. the Giants, let's face it, the Giants are good enough on offense. I mean the, I mean defensively, they're not gonna they're, I mean those games to me when you look at the NFC, you know, I, I would find it hard to believe that one, any one of those six or seven seeds could advance. Is it, it would make, Whomever they are, yeah, except if you. it's Detroit. Except if it's Detroit. If people are talking about the Packers, and you're a Packer fan, and I don't think you believe it either. But the Packers, to me, on defense, I don't see how they advance when they play a good offense, and, and the three teams they would have to play are good offense. Maybe they could beat Minnesota again. But to me, Detroit is the only team that you're really most worried about because they're real. They can throw the football.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you're and if you're in a game where maybe you have all of a sudden Brock Purdy has to make some plays for San Francisco, that could cause you a little bit of concern. Yeah, I'm with you. Where I don't think, and again, the market move this week against the Raiders, it's because of the drop from uh, you, you go from Derek Carr now to Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. Again, that's that's totally fair. And I, I, it's hard for me to to get really excited about backing San Francisco the last two weeks when I don't think they care where they end up as far as seeding is concerned, whether it's two or three, even though one is technically still in play. Uh, the, you know, the other one too, uh, and, and you think about on this this Giants front where technically, yes, they, they do clinch. All they have to do is win one of the games from here on out and they at least get a, a birth year for the six seed. And it's like, are you willing to trust them? Now they do get Indianapolis. It's a battle of, uh, look, Indianapolis obviously has been a complete dumpster fire. That's now up to six today you really willing to lay lay six for the Giants against anybody right now? That's the one uh, interesting I, spot this week. I
5: mean, I, I, I had it at four and a half at the early part of the week, and my number was 6.36, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope it stays at four and a half. I'm going to take the Giants, and it now it's not. up. I mean, Nick Foles, I mean, he'll get blitzed like crazy, and Martindale will have every blitz known to mankind against him.
4: You would think, especially after Foles comes in, throws uh, those three interceptions last week. Last thing I'll say, too, as far as look-ahead lines for Week 18, uh, because, again, books have started to move that Chiefs-Raiders game. Likely, Chiefs will have to win. They could easily be in a position, if Buffalo loses to Cincinnati, Chiefs would be in a position to have to win against the Raiders to consolidate the number one seed. If you think that's the situation going in, there are still eight and halves in the market right now. A lot of books have moved that up to ten on this news of Car being benched. So just keep that in mind going forward. All right, Harry Gagnon of the Against All Odds podcast joins us for his Week Seventeen plays next.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for only $79 and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to buy VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited-time offer, so sign up and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You know what I'm going to do, Michael, because, you know, as hosts here, we, we get some of the subscriber benefits. So, we, you know, we get some of these gifts we can, we can send to people. I'm going to send a gift here to uh, Harry Gagdon's uh, wife, because I just found out that, that uh, she, is a, <laughs> she works in the call center of Southwest Airlines, which ha- might be the most miserable job anybody in the country could have right now. And I feel horribly bad, Harry, that she's having to go through that. Uh, we welcome Harry to the show. Thank uh, Yes, that, uh, that does not sound like a fun occupation. So, you know what, tell her if she wants a Vison uh, you know, hat, shirt, <laughs> or mug, I will happily send one there to, there to Arizona.
3: Love it. Love it, guys. Awesome. Been rough rough couple
4: of days to say the least I'm sure yeah. <laughs> poor poor Harry's <laughs> wife uh Harry all right we go to week 17 of the NFL we're just talking NFC clinching scenarios and for the teams right now on the outside looking into that wild card situation you have a Detroit uh, team who's who's in a position now Detroit taking on Chicago uh, hard to hard to trust the Lions when you just gave up over 300 rushing yards to Carolina uh, laying six now against the Bears in a pretty good rush offense uh, what do you see in the spot here for the seven and eight Lions
3: yeah, you know what? I got I got a parlay here, guys. I got a parlay here that's going to pay almost even money. It's going to be the Giants minus 250 on the money line and the Lions, like you mentioned, about minus 267 on the money line against Chicago. Look, Lions did tank last week, but I think Campbell gets them right versus a very soft Chicago defense. And Traquan Smith left for Baltimore. And the Giants win and get in the playoffs. Uh, solid season for Daniel Jones. Indy lo- loses a five straight they gave up the 54 to the, to the Cowboys. They blow the 33 nothing lead to Minnesota. Had no offense on Monday night against the Chargers. Jeff Saturday taking some major growing pains here as a head coach of Indy. Barkley has a big game, and I think Kayvon Thibodeau, he showed uh, signs of brilliance lately. I think he has a big game against a team that just can't really factor anything really going forward offensively. I am going to take the Lions and Giants both to win on Sunday.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I think you're smart because both those lines are moving in the in a different direction. You know, I think that, you know, everybody kind of gets a sense that Chicago will, you know, pl- they played them really well the first time. Remember, it was the golf interception mm-hmm. uh, that got called back that kind of propelled them. Remember, they, they intercept that yeah. pass and it's defensive holding. And the next thing you know, things kind of D- – Detroit season went completely the other direction. Mm-hmm. So – uh, I think once you play fields once I think once you get a sense of his speed you know and they can play their nickel against Chicago they'll run the ball on Detroit there's no doubt but when you get humiliated like Detroit against the run just like the week before right Pittsburgh humiliated the Panthers against their run offense right. right the next week they come back and rush for 360 so it makes sense Harry
3: Great point
4: Mike. What's a number did you get again on that uh, that two-teamer Harry Uh
3: pays like plus uh, 90. Uh, it, it's a little short, a little short
4: of uh, even money. Okay, nice. Yeah, not not oh, bad at all. Minus 105. Yeah, yeah minus yeah. 105. Giants and Lions, the two-teamer for Harry this week. Sticking in the NFC, Vikings-Packers, huge matchup. You get the 12-3. and three. Vikings only plus five on the point differential this year. Looks like everybody, at least with the market here, betting Green Bay, it's up to three and a half now market-wide. What do you see in this game? You
3: know, I like the three and a half here, guys. cousins uh, my guys catching fire seven touchdowns last two weeks, last three weeks got 1200 passing yards in week one. They beat green Bay by 16. That's the most they've beaten anybody all t- all season by Minnesota has and quarterbacks uh, won three in a row um, or green Bay. I'm sorry. Green Bay's won three in a row and their D is playing much better. We, we can understand this, but Minnesota still could be a number one seed. It's I think this game is close I love getting more than a field goal here. I like
5: the three-and-a-half. I, I do, too. I actually have Minnesota should be the slight favorite in the game. You know, and mm-hmm. I don't know how you could bet against – I really don't know how you could bet against Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he's not allowed to go in any casino in Las Vegas. He's the luckiest man alive. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. nobody – his pitcher's on every single wall. I mean, you know, need a need a 61-yard field goal? Sure, I got one of those right here. I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't think – I didn't think that, that – the, the, the Green Bay stopped Miami. I thought Miami stopped Miami. They Definitely. fumbled. They missed a field goal. You know, he's got a guy wide open on an under route, doesn't throw it to him, throws a bad interception on overthrows a curl route. You know, I mean, like, I, I didn't get the sense that Green Bay, and then for whatever reason, once again, Miami stopped running the football against them. Like I, I don't I don't see that. Like I don't understand that. I, I to me, look, I I get that Green that Minnesota's not good defensively. I get that. I understand that. But I'm not sure Green Bay. Watson didn't practice today. I'm not sure Green Bay's great offensively either. Yeah,
3: I I agree and I just I think getting I mean Minnesota all these close games, one-score games this year. And we know that's 11 and 0. Crazy. Never happened before and getting points here, getting more than 3 I think just like, I just think straight up there, there is value there with the Vikings.
4: Yeah, no, no question on that. I, I, it felt like a great uh, Christmas gift for Packer fans and Wisconsinites like myself, guys. Like said last week, you're watch, I mean, twenty to ten game with Miami having the ball at the two minute warning at midfield, and right. you're thinking this thing's gonna. I mean, I'm sitting there like it's gonna be twenty seven ten at the half because Green Bay can't. It was they were averaging like eight I yards a catch carry that at that, that big point. Daddy. Yeah.
5: I, I text that to Big Daddy I said Big Daddy you're about to go down 27 to 10 here you know and 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 the then that fumble happened I agree with yeah. you Ben I agree with you Harry
4: power sure. of the power of the power of the big daddy cheese curds you got you for Christmas Michael there had to be some sort of cosmic <laughs> thing in the stars there uh, Harry as far as Thursday nights line continues to move up to Dallas it's now either 10 and a half or 11. Uh, and so there's a side angle and a prop angle that you're looking at. Uh, please enlighten us here. What, what are your thoughts on Thursday night?
3: You know, I like Dallas. I do like Dallas here um, for the game to cover. Doesn't mean anything really for Tennessee because it all matters last last week of the season against Jacksonville. So maybe uh, Derrick Henry may not play in this situation. And plus Dallas just overall, five and one straight up in the last six. Uh, had a nice win against Philly uh, uh, over the weekend. Dallas is averaging 33 points a game in their last six games. CC uh, lamb, big games back to back, 120 plus yards, two in a row. And I think it's just a matter of, like I said, Tennessee, they've been tanking lately. They lost five in a row. They've lost 10. They've the they last 10 games. They scored just 20 points or more. Just two times. The offense isn't there. It's just not. And Willis quarterback, three starts. He hasn't, he hasn't thrown guys for over hundred yards yet. I like Dallas to roll here. It uh, still means something then. They can still win the East. And at plus 115, how about this guy? It's Michael, Rob- Michael Parsons, under four and a half tackles. Uh, this is a game where probably he won't need to do as much as he usually does when he's all over the field. Lack of weapons, like I said, in offense with the Titans. But he's also dealing with left hand injury. And in its last eight games, Parsons has only gone for five or more tackles in just two of them. I like under four and a half there, too.
5: Harry, are you a little nervous that Dallas might take some of these guys out of the game?
3: I I am, I am, but I think it's going to be a thing where in the first half. But what's their motivation?
5: Up- why would they? Why would they play Parsons this entire game? Like, why would they do that? Well, that's like, what I'm saying, they, they're, I'd
3: like, they're, they're the-, the under on the tackles.
5: Right, I agree with you on that, but but I mean, I'm just asking from a rhetorical, like why, like what's the benefit? Like, why would you risk losing your best players because you know you're the fifth seed? You know you're going to play the worst team from the south. I mean, whoever wins the south isn't very good anyway.
3: No, absolutely, and that's. I mean, I was I was mentioning the other day that Dallas would be great to be in the spot because you're going to probably get Tampa Bay. That's who you want to play more than anybody. But Dallas does still right Mike, still has an outside shot at winning uh the East, That's a good point. Correct? Yeah. It, it's an outside so, shot. Yeah,
4: two two back with two to go. And uh, I was gonna point out. Yeah. No, no, it hurts with
3: Hurt's not playing.
4: Right. It comes down not to Dallas. what do you what do you think about the New Orleans Philadelphia game this week? We're Philadelphia about a six and a half point favorite. New Orleans technically still not done. And and this is where it kind of gets in, right? To the the nuance of where there are clinching scenarios, but some of them are kind of far fetched where and we had a couple of our of our viewers point this out, too. Like, technically, there is something for Dallas to play for. But, you know, Michael, it doesn't sound like you're really thinking the, the odds of Philadelphia losing out here are slim to none. And that's kind of where it comes back to yeah, on I the Dallas so. side. Yeah,
5: I think so. Yeah. Because I have uh, I really hold a lot of value in Minshew. When I mean, you watched the tape last week, Minshew, I mean, he made a mistake on one, one of those throws, but right. he was pretty good. I mean, you know, they got a chance to tie that game if they don't spike the ball and then they end up not converting the fourth down. So... Like, I I watch this Eagle offense. I think they'll be better this week throwing the football than they were last week with another week of them.
3: Mike, nobody wanted to text you more than I did when Philadelphia spiked that ball because Minshew was throwing a great ball for most of the game. He really does. But in that spot, again, do you have to spike it? Do you have to spike it? No. Run up to the set. Run up. Snap it quick. Pass it to your wide receiver. One step drop. He gets three yards, and he gets
5: out of bounds. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't give away a down. Don't give away, don't a, give down. away a down. There was plenty of time on that clock. Yeah,
4: having, right. having the uh, having Eagles plus five and a half. Like I know a lot of people did. Oh, that was not a, not right. a fun way to start the Christmas weekend. Right. That was what rough. are you going to do? Uh, Harry Gagden at AAO, Harry from the Against All Odds podcast. And you're coming here to Vegas uh, as as part of the uh, the the podcast network next week, right? For the uh, the college football uh, playoff, the championship game, right? Yeah, we're
3: going to be everybody. Come on out, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. On Sunday, we're going to be watching the games. It's open to the public, and then also championship game on Monday, also as well. Ben, I hope I see you, man. I'm
4: going to I'm going to see you. That at what uh, January eighth, uh, I believe, in night. <laughs> you guys will be out there. <laughs> Can't wait to see you, Harry. All right. When we come back, time for our Thursday night football breakdown. That's next.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn
2: Terms and conditions apply.
1: You're listening
5: to the Lombardi Line on VCN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
3: Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits, like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age in order to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As we wrap up the show today, big thanks to our producer, Brian Ortega, our technical director, Andrew Ingold, everybody else, uh, behind the scenes, I know Mikhail Bala, our uh, audio engineer. we got Sergio Sanchez, uh, Troy Kinch. I think a bunch of other people are also here. Andre uh, Parrazo as well. Uh, so thanks to everybody else on, on this extended holiday week here, get, getting ready for Week 17. Uh, Michael, as far as the Thursday night game, not much more for us to add other than it it's still <laughs> remains surprising to me that the line continues to go up on Dallas with zero buyback at all when there's certainly the opportunity and possibility that Dallas also sits some guys just like Tennessee yeah. could possibly sit some guys uh, with, with the, the lack of uh, motivation there for the Titans in Week 17.
5: Well, I, I think the Titans' roster is part of the reason why this line's moving here. You know, I mean, if they take Henry out of the game, this offensive line isn't very good, right? Uh, they, can't, they can't pass protect. Malik Willis is not, you know, he's not ready for primetime action. I mean, do you think they'll play Joshua Dobbs? I mean, do you think he plays Joshua Dobbs in this game?
4: Don't you think he at least he at least gives him a chance to throw the football
1: I, I in a forward direction? Uh, <laughs> I, mean. I, I think
5: he has to. I think he has to. I think he has to say, okay, whoever I'm playing this week, I'm playing next week, right? Like I got to be able to get my guy ready to play for next week because if I go into, the, I I, I got to win next week. So let me take this as a preseason game and try to play him because I, I can't. There's no way I can go in there and play Will, Willis. Isn't it's not fair to Willis? I'm not sure Willis is going to be a good player but it's not fair to Willis he's to, clearly. to yeah. play. He's overmatched right now. I don't know the answer. I wasn't a big Willis fan coming out, but that remains to be seen. But I think he's got to play Dobbs. I think he's got to play Julius Chestnut, the kid who had a really good – I think it's a preseason game for him. you know. And then anybody on defense, look, he really they really miss. They really miss David Law, and he's not going to be ready to play. But Cunningham's hurt. Cole's hurt. Dupree's hurt. Fulton's hurt the corner. So is Hooker the nickelback. I mean, those are all guys that are hurt. He can't play any of those guys. So he should, this is a preseason game, which is why I think the numbers reflect it. Because even if mm-hmm. the Cowboys decide to take it up, to go Cooper rush they'll still beat them by two touchdowns.
4: Yeah, that's why the one thing, if, and I would not lay the full 11, even though that would probably be the lean as of right now. If you really want to play the game, it, what's interesting too, you can bet the second half lines before the games even start. Like at DraftKings, I'm seeing Dallas minus 5.5 for the second half. I would tend to think, Michael, the, the logical game flow here is you see Willis to start the game. Dallas goes hard, gets up, gets the two touchdown lead early, and then pulls a lot of their guys. And maybe we see Josh Dobbs in the second half. I could see ten, like a Tennessee pregame second half bet actually making some sense in this case. Well, normally you, would, you wouldn't want to generally do that. But I do think the game flow could, could portend to a situation where let's say it's Dallas up 24 and they're, they're pulling everybody and the Titans get some garbage time scores late there.
5: Yeah, I mean, you're always worried about the backdoor cover, right? I mean, you know, but to me, like, knowing how smart Vrabel is and knowing that he's seen enough of Willis, right? He's watched Willis enough to know that this, is, this isn't this is going to work, right? And he's so competitive that I got a guy who's thrown 50% completions. I, I He's not thrown a touchdown pass all year. He's thrown three interceptions, right? You know, his, his average per attempt is under five. It's at 4.5. I got no chance to move the ball with this guy, right? And I've only thrown it – I mean, he started he started three games and I've only thrown it 61 times, okay? So wouldn't I be better off playing Dobbs and getting him some reps, getting him in our offense, getting him ready to go because next week he's going to start against Jacksonville? I mean, I would. That's yeah. how I would play it. Like, I would tell Willis, you're the backup, and I would get jo- – Dobbs as many reps as I can because that's my only chance to beat Jacksonville next week I got to be healthy and I got to have better quarterbacking play I'm not saying I have to throw for 300 yards but I can't throw for in in three games I can't throw for 276 yards I, I just can't do yeah, that no, like I think that's totally three fair. games
4: one well, other question too with with Dallas like if you're thinking there's any chance for Tennessee to stay competitive in the game it would have to be on the run side does Derrick Henry suit up? Limited in practice all no. week. Like, why would you? I, I mean, he, this is going to be play? a.
5: Yeah. Why would you play him? I mean, there's no way. I mean, and look, that kid's been. You know, that kid played well for him in the summer. You know, Chestnut, the kid from Sacred Heart College, mm-hmm. and then you got Haskins over there. Play those guys. Let them run. You know, and 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 see if we can get some continuity with the offensive line and kind of. This a preseason game. Let Dobbs play with Burks, Woods, you know, Westbrook. Let the receivers kind of play and keep it kind of narrow-based. Don't don't give them a big playbook, knowing that you're going to expand it next week, and and try to just keep the game as close as you can. But, I mean, oh, Al Michaels is going to be so upset. I mean, just get Al. ready for it. He's going to be complaining from the minute this game starts because this is truly going to be a preseason game. That's why I think you got to be careful handicapping it because – I don't I, I think Dallas, once they get control of it, might back
4: mm-hmm. out. And it's the swan song for for the Amazon Prime crew this year. I get this gem, uh, Dallas and Tennessee. Oh, I mean uh, Al's uh, going to be completely. I
5: mean the over under when Al starts complaining is the first quarter. I mean yeah. he's probably you know he'll be. You know, there, I mean it's going to be bad. But I mean you have to put the game in perspective. To me, this is really if you're if you're as smart as I know Mike Rabel is, he knows he can't go into Jacksonville with Malik Willis. Remember, he pulled Malik Willis in a preseason game. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's right. I, that's a
4: great point. And and, and, and I mean, like I mean, he pulled Like
5: I've seen enough of this guy. Like he's coming out of the game. Like we can't even run. it. It's not fair to the other players to run the offense when he can't even yeah. run it.
4: That that game-ending drive against Houston uh, the last week with with no timeouts, starting at their own five. It was just like this. The, the fact that it was kind of a minor miracle that they even got it to midfield to attempt a hail mary with the the four yard dink and dunks uh they're out of Willis. Forty or 40 and a half now is your updated total, with the the line continuing to drop was as high as forty-four and a half and some of the offshore openers down to 40 uh, or 40 and a half there. As we close the show, the other game we haven't gotten to yet, but I want to get your thoughts here, Michael. It's another situation that, depending on if you had conviction, could potentially lead you into making a very early week 18 bet on the look ahead lines. And that's in the NFC South, where books are clearly expecting with Tampa Bay favored by three against Carolina this week in that divisional rematch, Books are expecting Tampa to win the game and clinch the NFC South in the process. Week 18, look ahead line. I'm looking at my odd screen right now and updating this. It is Tampa either a pick 'em or plus one against Atlanta, as the books are assuming the Bucs will have nothing to play for by clinching. So if you think Carolina is able to win the game this week as a three point dog, I think you could make a pretty compelling case for betting Tampa before the game in Week 18 as a pick 'em or, or short underdog to Atlanta. Because they would have something to play for still and would have everything to, to yeah. play for next week. But the question I mean, because is. Because
5: there's no guarantee that exactly. Carolina can beat New Orleans again, that's right? A great point. So they're right. still in this thing, right? So you that, know, that,
4: I'm, I'm very tempted by that. But the question is how much conviction or belief would you have in Carolina now with a bunch of injuries here this week against Tampa?
5: Yeah, I, I think that's my biggest concern about Carolina. Look, you know, I think when they've had to run the ball you know, like they did against Pittsburgh, they struggled. But more than anything, I think when you watch Carolina, you know, they're secondary because of J.C. Horn's injury. And, you know, they've signed – I know they're happy that they signed Josh Norman, but, I mean, he's not going to – I mean, he's not going to be able to play very well. I mean, the secondary is is really going to have some problems. Uh, and, you know, Keith Taylor got toasted against the Steelers. They just looked for him whenever they played man, and, and they made – I mean, they made Mitchell Trubisky look really good. And so without Horn to take away one of the receivers, to take away Mike Evans, now he didn't play in the first game, right? Horn didn't play in the first game, but Jackson Mm -hmm. did. But he's on IR too. So they're down two starting corners going into the game. I think that's what makes it hard. Not that I think Tampa's a great team by no means. And I think it'll be a competitive game. But to me, for Carolina to slow them down, they're going to need some corner play, and I'm not sure they can get it.
4: And for as much as we pointed out how good the defense was in the first few weeks after Steve Wilkes took over as an interim, I look at the last five weeks, Carolina is 28th defending the pass, Michael, since week 12. They
5: can't cover. It's... They haven't been able to cover their, their backup. I mean, C.J. Henderson is their third corner, and, and people typically go after him. But then now that he's become a starter, everybody's going after Keith Taylor, who's a fifth-round pick in 21, right? And so they just signed T.J. Carey off the street. You know, Chin's their nickel player. Now, he's a really good player. Don't get me wrong. Chin's a good player. But, you know, and when they can't rush the passer, when they struggle to rush the passer, Donovan Smith is supposed to play. I don't know if he will or not. But that's good. But Brady gets rid of the ball so quick. Yep. And so it's going to be hard to get pressure on Brady. He's not going to be able to throw it down the field. But remember the first time they played him, Brady has Mike Evans wide open for a touchdown and missed him.
4: Would have been a totally dead different game. Carolina winning that game as a 14.5-point underdog outright. That's why this is now a game to... Not, not decide the division because again, there would still be if Carolina wins, they'd still have to beat New Orleans in Week 18. But it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Uh, Michael, Happy New Year to you! Enjoy the rest of the week happy of new shows. Year to you, ben. Uh, yeah, absolute uh, blast oh, as awesome. always. I, you, and Great I, I, job. I got an Appreciate endorsement it. out of you on that on that Patriots plus 10 look ahead number for Week 18. I think I am going to play that, uh, Michael. I think that number ends up coming <laughs> down. Uh, in the meantime, we're done here on the Lombardi Line. Up next, it is Veasan Big Pets. We send it over to Dave Ross and Amal Shaw.